name is Whitney and welcome back to an episode of Spastic Chatter. Spastic Chatter is meant to feature stories from those in the zero quality community and I get together weekly with individuals with CP like myself to have a kind of uncentered chat, if you will, about what it's really like to have this type of disability. So for this episode, I have my guest is Allie, and I thought Allie had an interesting story because she recently went through a, a surgery, a SDR surgery, I don't know if it's the correct term, but, um, and I, it looked like it was pretty life, it was, like it was pretty life changing, so we're going to hear all about it. And she's gonna, we have some topics to discuss about it. And before we do that, I'll let Allie introduce herself. So take it away, Allie. Well, Whitney did a good job. Um, my name's Allie. I have CP, which is how I ended up here with all of you. Um, I live in San Diego. I'm 27, and Whitney wanted me to come on to talk a little bit about um, my SDR surgery that I had about two and a half years ago now. So what does SDR stand for? So SDR stands for Selective Dorsal Rhizotomy. Um, And just to, do you want me to just do like an overview? Yeah. Okay. So basically... Uh, so I guess we should like back it up and talk about like what being spastic actually means. So being spastic means that your brain, so if your brain and your like legs and your, well, your limbs, so your brain and your limbs are sort of this like two way loop. So your brain sends messages to all of your limbs, but then your muscles send those messages back to your brain. It's kind of like a loop. So when you have CP, your brain sends messages to your muscles. And then when the muscles send the messages back to the brain, something happens. So in the case of having spastic CP, your muscles are essentially always actually telling your brain that they are too stretched. So your body tightens them up. So that's what spasticity is, where your muscles are basically screaming like, I'm too loose, like tighten me up and like, You have way too much misfiring to where it does that all the time and your limbs are constantly tight. So that's what it means to be spastic. That's what people talk about when they have spastic CP. Um, It's like muscle rigidity, but it's also like in people who have CP that walk. um, It's this feeling of like being pulled back by like rubber bands with like every step that you take. So it's basically just like a resistance against all your movements because your brain, your muscles are too tight all the time. <laughs> so anyways, you selective. Perfectly. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of time to learn a lot about it and try to explain it to people. So that's like the simplest way that I can really um, explain, but Um, So basically what SDR does is it takes that part of the feedback loop where your muscles are sending the messages back up to your brain and it snips um, a percentage of the certain nerve rootlets that are sending those inaccurate signals to kind of cause like a disruption in this connection that's faulty. 
So um, selective because they don't want to cut all the nerves, right? Because then you could end up losing like a bunch of movement. So that's where the selective comes in. Dorsal just means like anything in your back. So the surgery is done in your spine. And then rhizotomy just means like cutting nerves. So that's SDR surgery. Um, it's like, sounds, it sounds so scary. Like when I explain it to people, they're like, you're so brave. Like, I can't believe you let somebody like slice your spinal cord open. Like, why? That sounds like scary as hell. Why would you do that? Um, so it sounds scary, but I, I hope, my hope is that like, once I actually talk about how it went for me, um, people will see that it wasn't that scary. Yeah. So what is yeah. what is the process like to try to get the surgery? I know that you, I know that you have. Don't you have to go through like a process of like? Yeah. So I think something that's like super relevant to mention too is that um, SDR surgery is mostly most commonly done on children, little kids, yeah, I and I'm. And I had my surgery done as an adult. So that's like something that's different too. Um, and so kind of give like, I guess some backstory on that. I was evaluated for SDR surgery as a kid. I think I was about like three, which would have been 1995. And at the time there just like really wasn't like enough research to like support getting SDR. And also I think a huge factor too is that like, Looking back, there was no, like, there was no really, like, social media or way for, like, people to, like, actually ask how SDR went. Like, all they really had was, like, medical journals and, like, those really aren't, like, all that accessible or anything. So, I feel like my parents just, like, they didn't have the information they needed to make, like, an informed decision. Yeah. So, that's, like, they weren't able to, like watch videos on social media. They weren't able to talk to other parents really. So um, that like, so they just decided, you know, we're not gonna do that, that sounds sketchy. So because of that, um, I had a lot of different orthopedic surgeries growing up because that's sort of like another way to try to attack like the tight muscle situation is just to do it on the muscles themselves instead of really getting to like the root of the problem. So, um, anyway, back to your question. Sorry, I feel like this is going to be the most like long-winded answer ever. Okay. So, um, I had like basically grown up thinking that SDR was like some whack-ass like '90s experiment that like they didn't do anymore. Like that's always how my parents talked about it to me like whenever it would like somehow come up it was like oh yeah they wanted to like cut your back open like we said no it sounded so bad so I just like I just thought like oh wow like they must not do that anymore this must have been this like sketchy 90s thing so one day I was on Instagram and I was scrolling around and I saw that do you follow Fifi and Mo, Christina yeah. and Finn? Yeah, so I came across their profile um, and she had said that Finley, the little girl, was being evaluated for SDR surgery. And I was like, mm, I didn't know that that was like still a thing. Like I really thought that they like stopped doing it in the 90s. So then I like started looking into it and I think in the post uh, her mom, Christina, had mentioned even the doctor that was doing it and stuff too. So I kind of had some more info 
um, I knew that it was someone named Dr. Park and it was happening in St. Louis. So I just, I did a quick Google and I read like the criteria and I actually just like immediately wrote it off. Like I read the criteria and I was like, oh, like it doesn't look like I qualify. And I just like moved on. And the reason I didn't think that I qualified was because um, I've never been able to walk like full time independently. Um, I still can't, but I can walk like short, short distances inside in like a protected environment. And then outside of that, I need a walker. And then actually at the time I was using my wheelchair like close to full time just because like I was in so much pain and also like it was just easier to keep up with everybody, right? So I just like didn't think that I was a candidate. I didn't think about it again. But then like over the course of that year, and this is probably in like 2017, I just kind of like, I felt like my spasticity was getting more and more out of control. I know that like there's sort of some debate in the CP community and then also like in the medical community about whether or not CP like gets worse. Um, I can tell you that like my symptoms definitely did. I started to notice them a lot more and like I was getting so tight to the point where like I was losing like a lot of function for me. Um, like I was always like super independent and like I was getting so tight that like it was hard for me to get dressed independently. I was having trouble sleeping and then like the biggest thing too was I was on a lot of medication. I was taking a lot of baclofen and everything like that and I just and it sucked. Like I just wasn't happy. I was uncomfortable all the time and like we were getting to the point where like there wasn't, there wasn't really like that many other options for me. So I just asked my doctor, well, what do you think about this? And he was like, oh, like, I don't really know. I don't know that much about it. I don't know if it's that successful, especially in adults, but like you can try. So this brings me to the point of what you have to do. Sorry, I'm like just now no, getting around to no, your original this, call. This is, you're good. All this is right. Okay. You're answering everything, um, that's good. Oh, perfect. So, so then I was like, okay, well, I'll see what I had to do. And actually, like, I didn't even like apply right away because I, I didn't think that I had like that good of a chance. Like I, everybody that I saw that was getting the surgery as an adult had like very mild CP and was already walking full time independently. And like, that wasn't me. Like, yeah, I did have some ability to walk independently, but like, for one, it was getting worse by the day. And for two, like I was I had to use my wheelchair for like years and years just because of like pain and fatigue and everything else. So I didn't even think I was a candidate. Um, so I started going to the gym and working out with a personal trainer. Um, and we like really started to focus on walking for like the first time that I had focused on walking in years. Like I have always liked going to the gym and the fitness has always been like a big thing and I grew up playing wheelchair sports and I played wheelchair sports in college but walking was never like the priority so now it was after college and I felt like I could like make this a priority especially if I was going to apply for SDR surgery so after like working out and feeling like I was getting stronger and my walking was getting better I finally decided that I was going to apply 
So the process is you fill out this like very initial form. Oh, and I can only like speak for the process to have it done at St. Louis Children's um, with Dr. Park because that's where I went to and I didn't really look into having it done with um, anybody else. So I just know about their process. Um, and to give you some background on that too, Dr. Park is kind of like the most recognized in this field. He um, He's done 4,000 and more than that now, but most recently his big milestone was 4,000 SDR surgeries. So because I knew that like he was kind of the expert in this and because he explicitly takes adults, like he's the only person I applied to. So his process is you fill out like a very initial form um, where you just like talk about like where they ask you questions just about like your CP diagnosis, some general questions about your mobility. Um, and then from there, that's kind of like step one where if you don't seem like you're a candidate just from that form, then you don't like move on to step two. So I submitted the form and I was able to move on to step two. They thought I might be a good candidate. Um, so from there you have to submit a video where they ask you to do, well, actually, so you have the option of doing a video or you can just go to have an in-person evaluation after you get to this kind of like step two. Um, I wanted to do a video because like I said, I was actually like kind of convinced that I wouldn't be a candidate. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, this, the video option is like nothing to lose. It's free to get screened. And I live in California, so I wouldn't have had to go to St. Louis to have this appointment. So I just thought the video option was like a nothing to lose, like way to go. Yeah. So I filmed the video at the gym and it was like a lot of um, just like seeing different movements. They give you a whole list. They tell you to like sit in a chair, sit on the ground, um, walk with your shoes on, walk with your shoes off. Like they ask you to like try to do certain stretches so they can see your range of motion, stuff like that. Um, so that's the video piece of it. And then there's also a physical therapy evaluation um, where you have a physical therapist fill out a form and that's more about like your range of motion and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I did all that. I mailed off a package and then it took about like two weeks to get a decision. Let's go. Um, let's take it. Let's take it back. You said you said that you were taking them back with them. Um, before yeah. The, before the surgery, have you? Did you consider any other like surgical procedures be before SDR, like the back of the pump or anything like that? Um, I, yes. I have a back of the pump, so that's why I'm asking. Go. Yeah, so I I know a lot of people with the Baclofen pump. I've heard good stories and I've heard absolute horror stories. So the Baclofen pump was just like, and I actually like looking back, this is probably how people feel about SDR too, right? Where like they've heard good ones, but they've also heard horror ones. And like the, the Baclofen pump was like my horror story, right? Like I had only like, I've heard a few good things but like mostly just like absolute chaos and like for me I just knew that like and no offense like I hope you don't take this like no I, I in, like no you can you're not gonna offend me whatsoever okay I just felt like for me 
if I had the option to not have to rely on medications and just kind of do something as like a one and done like surgical deal, then I wanted to do that. So that was like a huge thing for me, um, especially knowing too that like the bath lift and pump, you have to have the repeated surgeries to like get the pump switched out and stuff like that. So I just like, I wasn't into it. Um, and well, that I was kind of like, that was my last resort. I totally, I, the reason that I have it, like, I'll just give you, I'll just give you a back, like a, a short background on me. Like, I had to roll out a caregiver up, uh-huh. up until I was 18 to basically do everything for, like, everything for me. And then I got the back and bump, and it allowed me to be, it allowed my muscles to, to, to be loose so that I could gain muscle. And I, over time, I went from completely dependent on somebody else to almost completely independent. And like I went. That's so awesome. Yeah, and I went to. Uh, I, went to I got I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and like nobody ever thought that. And I got moved. I moved off like four hours away from home each time. Nobody ever thought that I'd be the daily kid to do that. But it sounds like yeah. It sounds like you, like it sounds like uh, since you already had the ability to like walk a little bit, I um. think it's not. It sounds like it sounds. I agree that a back pump would not be the best option in your case because like it. Did- yeah. So I think that's like a great point too, where um, it like really depends on your level of CP because SDR um, is mostly just for the legs. So they do it at a level of your spine where it's really only your legs down. And like some people actually do gain a little bit of arm and hand movement. And like I I did, and we can get to that later. Um, But so yeah, I think for you, like if you were really looking or, or like anyone, if you're kind of weighing like back and pump versus SDR, I think if you're looking for sort of like full body relief and it's really less about like you're walking and more about like independence in like dressing and eating and like everything like that, yeah. um, the back lift and pump might be like a better way to go. Whereas SDR is very much like kind of concentrated relief for people um, whose CP like mostly affects their legs. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so let's move on to the pro. Are, are there? Or what was the what was the recovery process like after after you got the after you got it? Was it like a horrible recovery or just like? So this is always like kind of a loaded question and like one that I don't know how to answer super well because, and maybe you felt this way with your back lifting pump a little bit too, where it's kind of like, people talk about recovery as in like, oh, like I broke my leg, then I had a cast and like now my leg's uh, not broken anymore. My leg feels normal now. But the SDR surgery was really nothing like that in the sense that like you're not going back to a baseline, you're almost like you have this like whole new body afterwards. Yeah, it's totally, so, totally. it's like a whole, yeah. it's like a newborn again. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like when you talk about like, oh, well, are you like recovered? It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, because like I'm totally different than like I was before surgery. It's not like I'm like trying to get back to this like normal. But I mean, I can talk about like the recovery a little bit because it is sort of a process that I see in like phases. So basically, I just to like round out this story a little bit, I guess, like so I ended up being a candidate. Um, my mom was really, she was like scared shitless. She like, I feel like she didn't really think I should do it, but she was like, okay, like I'm not gonna stop you, like whatever you wanna do. So she was scared, but she was supportive. So um, we went to St. Louis. It was, I think by the time like I had gotten my yes and then my surgery was scheduled, um, I had to fight with insurance a little bit, as you always do. So it was about six months before I could actually have the surgery. So um, we flew to St. Louis in January, and then you have like you have two days of pre-op stuff, and then you have surgery day, and then you're in the hospital for five days, five days including surgery day. So I had it on a Friday. And I got out on a Wednesday. So, um, so you have the surgery, and after the surgery, you have to be on strict bed rest for three days. So I had it on Friday, and then that's the same as the bathroom time. Yeah, I think it is because they both do stuff with like the spine. So yeah. I think with the bed rest, it's all about um, not leaking your spinal fluid. Yeah. Did you have to be on your stomach? Um, like for the back no, of the I was on my back. The back of the bum, you have Were to you be on, on your stomach for three days. Holy shit, that sounds horrible. I feel like being on that, like, I just don't think laying on my stomach is, like, that comfortable. Yeah. But, like, yeah, being on the back was, like, bad enough. But stomach sounds much worse. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so, you're in the hospital for those five days, but the first three days, you have to lay down totally flat and so for sdr surgery um as far as like pain relief you have an epidural which is like the same as like what they give when you have a baby and i didn't really know this because i've never had one before but it just makes everything below where they put the epidural like totally numb like you can't feel anything and you can't move so like you basically have no choice but to lay in bed anyway even if you wanted to because like you're essentially like paralyzed by this epidural and you can't feel anything at all so you lay in bed with your numb legs um and the first three days like I don't even know like I don't even, I don't even know what I did like I know there was like a tv I think I was like really crabby like I don't remember I don't really know. Um, but the biggest day of all this was like day three, which is Monday, which is the first day that you get out of bed. And like, so I had joined like a bunch of Facebook groups and stuff of people that have had SDR. So I had like a lot of like fair warning about how this was gonna go. But I was like, no, no, nothing could have like prepared me for this day. So so when you take spasticity away it basically all you have left is like weakness and I don't know if you had a similar experience with your back open pump um, 
Yeah, so that's like a huge part of the, when we talk about recovery, that's what we talk about too, where basically like when you're always, you're always like flexing before. So like it seems like you're really strong and like you have all this tone, but that's not actually strength. That's just your muscles constantly being tense. So once that's all taken away, like my legs were like actual like limp spaghetti, like just like useless basically. So, um, and I think that's like a big part of what people find so scary about SDR is they're like, oh, well, if I didn't have my tightness, I wouldn't have like all the strength that I have, you know? So um, the first day out of bed is really scary because even though you know that that like initial weakness is normal, it's like you just your body feels so different and you feel so weak that it's like so hard to like prepare yourself for even if you kind of were prepared so i like got out of bed and like the first day all they do is like they sit you up on the side of the bed and then they transfer you to a wheelchair um and then that's it that's like your physical therapy for like this first session um it was it was so horrible my back hurt so bad i almost passed out i like started i cried like so much i actually had like such a huge panic attack afterwards that they had to give me like some kind of sedative because i was just like like losing my shit like losing my shit really bad so they like I did the I did the transfer to the bed thing. They like knocked me out with some like Ativan or something, and then they're like, "Okay, like we're gonna try again this afternoon." So I did not have this like magical experience of like, "Oh my god!" Like, and now my legs feel like clouds, and now I'm like Forrest Forrest Gump, like running out of the hospital. Like, which is I think how people kind of make it seem like sometimes. So did not have that, uh, but then like the next physical therapy sessions uh, were much better. You know, it starts off so slow. Like you'll do some stretching. I have this video of me just like laboring across the gym in a walker, and it felt like I was like climbing Mount Everest. And then I like watched the video and I took like ten steps. So this is kind of this like very initial recovery period. Um, is really rough because you just have so much weakness and then also like anything with your back is just really hard because like you can't like bend at all without this like um like really uncomfortable like pulling sensation so the initial like yeah the initial like part of that is really hard too because you i like went from somebody who was like pretty independent with you know going to the bathroom and getting dressed and everything like that to like needing a lot of help so that's hard so basically um after this sort of initial period i came home from st louis and that's when you start just outpatient physical therapy at home so um it's kind of like the recovery i would say is broken down into this like like sort of multi-stage like period so the first like six weeks um is what they call just like the initial post-op period which is where like and i think that's maybe what people think of as like a more traditional like recovery because that's where you have to be like very careful not to like mess up your back 
Um, you really can't, like you can go to PT, but you really can't do a whole lot. Um, and then after six weeks, these restrictions are kind of lifted and you can do as much as you're really able to. So for me, um, as somebody who had SDR at 25 and as somebody who wasn't walking full-time independently before, um, I think I had like a longer road than somebody who was already walking full-time um, before the surgery. So for me, I would say that like by the time I felt comfortable, like on my feet again was like eight months later. So that's like when I felt like I wasn't like losing my balance, like I felt pretty strong. So this would, I would say that like the first year is very much like you're adjusting to your new normal. And I feel like everything that I've like said so far has made it sound bad, but like it yeah. isn't at all just of like, I got so much pain relief like immediately. So even if I was weaker and even if I had to like relearn like all these things, like I still felt like after that sort of initial period, just like a bit, like I had a new body, like a million times better. Um, so yeah, there was kind of this like initial like year period where a lot of it like, you're not even really necessarily like learning something new, but just kind of like adjusting to this new, like better way of moving. So I would say after about this like initial year, it's really focusing on just like keeping up your strength training, um, working on your gait pattern, um, just kind of like a continued like putting effort into the recovery, but you're you're like recovered more or less. You're not like post-surgical. Yeah. And uh, didn't you, or I have, I, have, I have a weird question. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or, or in the back sometimes or what, but do you, have a, do you have a scar on your back from the SDR surgery? Yeah. Does it, does um, it, does it itch constantly? Or like one? Or, no, it, for me it itched, it, it was itchy like initially. Um, but it didn't itch much like past this like six week period. Is yours really itchy? I guess I'm. I guess I'm just. I guess it's just weird because like mine. If it, if it, I, I I think because mine sticks out a lot. There's like I guess there's a lot of scar tissue behind it. So like it's like a little hump or whatever. It it yeah. I can totally. I can totally. Oh no. Yes. The, oh, did you like put lotion on? No, it's it's only if it's only if I rub it against something or or like somebody hits it or like when I'm transferring if my armrest hits it it's like it's like uncontrollable. But yeah. Oh man. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Well, tidbit. Thankfully, yeah, my mine um has not been itchy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if it's because they cut nerves in my back or what. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's. It's been ten years. And it's st- it's still itches. Dang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so you went so you went from a walker to your you're you're using uh, crutches sometimes, right? Oh my god. So I am like I feel like this is where like the and uncensored part comes in, like. I'm fully capable of using crutches. Like I can, I can actually walk without crutches. I can walk by myself in like certain environments. I 
hate crutches. I hate them so much. I don't know why, like, I don't know why, but I just like, I feel so slow. Like, I just feel like I have to like focus on every step. I'm just like not a fan at all. So I think crutches was like everybody's like end game for me. Like the PT, like the doctor. And like, I know that I like definitely could, but just as like a pure like matter of preference, like, I just really hate crutches and I, I use my walker. Um, so, like, I don't know, I put this in there, like, this is where, like, kind of, like, ableism plays for, like, people, people see crutches, people see a walker, and they're like, oh, you need more help when they see crutches, and they're like, oh, you're so, you're so into, you're so, like, look at you go. You're like, so independent. Like, yeah, look at you go. So, yeah, I, like, I a thousand percent agree that that's, like, that it's rooted in ableism because it's like I think that assumption that you should like that you should use crutches just because it's like less support is like like that's nothing else but ableism because it's like okay yeah like yes it's less support and maybe I look like more normal but is it really better for me if like I'm walking at like a snail's pace when in my walker I can't run like you know so it's like you're totally right that it's just like it's all rooted in this like whatever you can do to like be more normal and like need less um support you should do which is like not a belief that I subscribe to I think like whatever whatever mobility device like makes you feel most comfortable and is like most functional for your life like whatever you like you should do um and for me like that means a lot of different things like even within like the same day like well back back when i left my house (laughs) pre-covid it was like i could go from you know, walking, like walking independently to using my walker to using my wheelchair all in the span of like a few hours. And it's like, that's what works for me. And I think what's most important is that you don't have in your head, like this idea that you need to like, I need to use my crutches or I need to use my walker. Like, I just think it should be about like what, what you want to do for one. And like, just like what works best in your day. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of struggle with that, with that, like, in college and stuff, and, like, I wanted to, I wanted to appear less disabled, so I was in my manual chair all the time, and I was so fatigued, and I was like, this is not, this is, this is not for me, so I you're like, switched you're to like, a side chair, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, it, is this better for me just to be, like, proving something, being in the manual chair, yeah. or should I be, like, moving around in my power chair, yeah, so... <laughs> That's like totally how I feel too. Yeah. So, um, just a just a one one last we kind of you kind of already answered this, but one last question to like sum up everything. Would uh, would you give what advice would you give to someone looking for the SDR? Um. Yeah, so just to kind of like wrap up, like I said, like I feel like, you know, we're being like uncensored and we're being real. So I feel like I'm talking about like kind of a lot of the like rougher parts of the journey and like being real about like using my walker and stuff like that. But it's like the pain relief that I have and like 
even just like the function that I have, like I went from using my wheelchair all the time, just from being in so much pain to like really only using it when it's like more convenient, you know? So I walk full time. Um, I'm not on any medication, which was a huge thing for me. It's easier for me to stretch. I'm not in any pain. Like, so yeah, even if like, even if, you know, it's not like some forest cup miracle, like it was an absolute game changer for me. And I'm just like a hundred times, like all around so happy I did it, would do it like a hundred times again. So yeah, like 10 out of 10 recommend if you have like similar similar like ability um and you think it might fit your situation so i guess that's one piece of my advice that like even if you know you think you might be like a borderline candidate like maybe you're not perfect but you think you might like i don't think that you have a lot to lose by applying so that would be like one thing that i would say is um especially like with dr park too just like apply if you, you even think you might be a candidate because you have nothing to lose. So that's um, advice number one. Advice number two is like, I think this is like, this is something I tell people all the time, like in groups and stuff is, I think a lot of people, especially the people that could walk full time independently before, is your dog barking? I love dogs. Yes. Um, but I think people put so much focus on like the the way that like you the way that somebody's gait like appears, and I think that's like a huge motivator um, for a lot of people who get SDR is like, oh yeah, like after I have this, you know, I'm gonna look normal. Um, and especially adults too, like get so wrapped up in like before and after videos and like, oh well do I look any different? Like, do I see a difference? Like all this. So what I always tell people is that um, SDR is not plastic surgery. If your like main focus is just to look better, um, you should just get some lash extensions or something and not like put yourself through all this because you want to look better. Like that's not what it's about. It's like a nice bonus if your walking gets like smoothed out a little bit or something, but it's not, like if, if that's your main focus, this is the wrong surgery for you because especially if it's something that you do as an adult, um, you might not notice that big of a visible difference in your gait just because like you walk how you walk and a lot of that is just like patterning and muscle memory. So that's like my hugest thing that I would tell adults is like, don't get it if your main motivation is just to look better because it's all about like function and how you feel. Um, so yeah, apply if you even think you might be a candidate. Um, don't do it if you're just looking to look better. And also um, just really like be open as far as like your expectations, you know. Um, I was never, I was never even expecting to get like everything that I got out of it. I just went into it saying like if I can not be on medications and if I can be pain free and if I can like just even like maintain function and not continue to lose function like I'll be a happy gal so everything that I got out of it which is like you know walking full time and being so much more flexible and being able to ride a bike and like all these different things 
was just like a bonus to me. So I would say that that's like a huge thing too, is really lay out like what your motivations are for getting it um, and what would be like a bonus to you because then you're gonna be like so, so thrilled with the results if you're not expecting to be like running marathons after. Um, so that's like a huge piece of advice too. And also just like, you know, stick with it and make it like part of your routine. Like I said, it's not so much like a, oh, like uh, six weeks in physical therapy and now I'm better kind of thing. It's really more of like an all around lifestyle change or um, where like you gotta commit to going to the gym. You gotta like just make it like part of your life now. So I feel like that's, that's a huge thing too. That's all, that's all good advice. I didn't, I didn't, I like how you said that you shouldn't do it for appearances because I know that, I know that, um, I know, I know I follow, I follow a lot of people on social media and they're like, they're talking about their gait and it's, it's good that you brought that up because it, it, as you are, like you said, it, it doesn't, it won't, it won't necessarily affect, like improve your gait because that's most, it's most memory so so that that's interesting that you brought that up yeah and i mean it it definitely can i would say that my gait like does look like a little smoother but like do i walk normal absolutely not (laughs) you know like i'll always look like i have cp like i i never expected to walk normal so yeah it's a nice bonus i can see why people do want to be like um want their gait smoothed out and everything but like i just don't think it should be like the number one motivation yeah. i don't think you should have neurosurgery for like cause for appearance yeah. <laughs> for appearance totally so. so um where can, where can people follow follow you or do you want do you want where can people follow you, follow you? are you are you um, so i would say that my my biggest um thing is Instagram I have a blog that I like never renewed the domain and I've been like just like neglecting it all year so um I would say my biggest like way to follow me if you want to is Instagram I don't know if you can do one of those things where you like yeah I'll put it in the it's Allie which is A-L-L-I-E and then it's two underscores and then it's my last name which is Cardwell C-A-R-D-W-E-L-L um so yeah follow me on Insta yeah well thank you so much for doing this oh my god my first podcast am I a celebrity yet (laughs) I feel like like I talked like I feel like I talked way too much. I feel like this it was perfect. It was perfect. I feel like it's supposed to be spastic chatter and it was like spastic monologue. (laughs) You're good. It was was perfect. So to close to close out there will be all of Allie's stuff will be in the description. And if you want to be on an episode of Spastic Chatter, there's an email link. Spastic monologue. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and we'll check back for next week's episode. Bye. Bye.